Welcome to the Quantum Corner, where we explore practical quantum metaphysics and positive applications of universal laws. How exactly do we do this? Today, it will be through the inspiring words of our community spotlight guest. I'm your host, Cottonwood Stone. Today, you will get a glimpse into the reticular activating system and how the RAS, as it's called, can be used to help you focus on that which you desire. Sharing the details about this is Matt Devlin from Flagstaff, Arizona. Matt Devlin, welcome to the Quantum Corner. Thank you. Glad to be here, Cottonwood. I'm excited because you're talking today about a topic that I just find fascinating. And I've heard you speak about it before, and I'm so excited you're going to share this with some others here today. The reticular activating system. Yes, a tiny part of the brain down at the brain stem that controls or has a hand in a whole bunch of functions that we don't even think about. I know there's more. There is. <laughs> so, so take us into it. Take, tell us a little bit. And what does it do? And do we notice it? Do we feel it? Do we see it? What is it? When you look on a Google search on um, medical sites, you're going to see it's the part of the brain that controls sleepfulness and wakefulness. It's that part of our brain. That's one of its major functions. Also, when people have traumatic brain injuries and go into a coma, that's the part of the brain that's affected. When you go have surgery and have anesthesia, kind of closes the RAS off, the reticular activating system, so that you're not getting sensory input. But it does a whole bunch of other things. It has a hand in making sure our heart beats without us having to think, that we are able to breathe without thinking about it. It's related to sexual arousal. It does a whole bunch of other things, but what has been an interest to me in my profession and and in my life, my personal life, is the way that the reticular activating system acts as a filter. And it filters sensory input of every kind except for smell that goes uh, straight past the RAS and kind of into our emotional part of our brain. Okay. So when you smell grandma's cookies and you get those emotional responses, that's why it's skipping that filter going straight to your emotions. <laughs> to give those that are listening a background, what has been your profession? Because you're retired now. I was an educator for years, a, a teacher and a coach for years. And then my last, well, I shouldn't say my last 19 years, but for 19 years, I was a, a school principal. Four years as an elementary principal, and 15 years as a middle school principal. And so work with kids and families and teachers. And this was a critical piece. And let me give you just a couple of examples of how powerful this is. Those listeners who are familiar with the secret and the philosophy that what you focus on and what you give your attention to, that's what you get. Yes. This is kind of the scientific or the brain research behind that piece. Okay. So for instance, we can be bombarded with as many as 14 million pieces of sensory information a minute, just, just an overwhelming amount. In fact, people who have, for instance, veterans who have post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome, that part of the brain is overcharged and therefore, and because it, it relates to sleepfulness and wakefulness and arousal, they oftentimes have difficulty sleeping and they can sometimes become overstimulated and overwhelmed. 
children or even adults who have ADHD, it's the same kind of thing where they're being overly stimulated. So that part of the brain, but this part where it takes in information, if your reticular activating system isn't working, you become overwhelmed and you can have serious mental issues. So it acts as a filter. So let me give you a couple examples. A mother who is raising a young child right next to a train track, her apartment's right next to the train track. That train can go by five, six, seven, eight times a night, 70, 80 decibels, loud, rattling windows, and she can sleep all night through the train because her reticular activating system has told her that information is not important. But her small child can be in the next room and she can whimper and mom hears and mom wakes up because that's important. The reticular activating system is on whether you're awake or you're asleep. It is actually what controls wakefulness and sleepfulness. So we can take that and we can control it just like we can focus on our heartbeat and do meditation and do breathing exercises to slow our heart rate down. We have some control over it. We also have some control over our reticular activating system. For instance, as a principal, I would work with my teachers to focus on believing that your children can be successful. Because if the teacher doesn't believe the kids can be successful, whether it's because of their background, the color of their skin, their family dynamics or whatever, the teacher's probably going to be right because because they expect that kid not to be successful, they don't look for the opportunities to help them and to support them and get them to where they're going. And the same since the 10-year-old boy that sits in math class in fourth grade and saying, please don't call me, please don't call me, please don't call me. And then <laughs> calls on them and they, you know, they, they believe they can't do it. Whereas the kid right next to him might get called on and may not know the answer, but because he's confident, because he believes he can do it, he might cheat and look on his neighbor's paper and say, I got it and give the answer because he's going to look for whatever resources, whether it's a brother at home that can help him, a teacher willing to stay after school to help him because they believe in it. They look, their filter of the reticular activating system is open to those opportunities to support them. The same way that part of my life for the last 10 or 12 years has been as a songwriter. And I truly believe I can write a song about anything. You give me a topic and a melody will come to me, a, a, an idea, a story. But it's because I believe that, that my reticular activating system is open to that. But if I believe I can't do it, my brain's going to, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to say, oh, see, I, I knew I couldn't do it. And it, we just reinforce those ideas. So I, I do want to give one more example that will help folks understand this. Most of us who have bought a car before have had this experience where you buy a car and let's say it's a red Volvo and all of a sudden you're going to see that color, that make, that model all around you on the highway. Everywhere. And it's, yeah. It's because it's important to me. I spent $30,000 on it. It's important to me. My filter's open and I see it. Those cars were there before before I made the purchase, but it wasn't important to me. So it filtered it out. So the important part about the reticular activating system is if we focus on what it is we want and we are open to it, we'll start to see where the opportunities are. Each opportunity leads to another opportunity. And pretty soon we're getting what we want because it's what we focus on. So the kid who believes they can do math and if they continue to believe that, they're going to find those supports that will help them 
prove that they are right. So Thomas Edison said, and I think it was said by Confucius thousands of years earlier, but Edison said back in the 1910s or whenever it was that um, if you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. And that is now being played out now that we know more about the human brain and about the reticular activating system. There's a reason to that. I can share a personal story that supports this. I worked in technology for 25 years. And it was so funny to me when I would sit down and try and find an answer on the internet for something at work, I could never find it. (laughs) And I believe I just got bad juju searching. And my coworker thought it was so funny. And so her and I, each at our computer sat down, we typed in the exact same words. She got the answer right away and it never showed up for mine. (laughs) But then away from technology for years now, I sit down and do research. I can find it right away because now I'm, I know I can find it. I know it's there. Why that would work on the computer. But my belief is that I will find the answer. And poof, it's always there now. I believe it's a powerful, powerful tool. Our brain is an incredible machine. And I think this is one of the most important things we can share with people. And But it's hard because I believe this and I've taught it. I had teachers who wore wristbands that said reticular activating system. And when we'd say something that wasn't positive or leading towards our goals, we would have to snap that wristband and we'd kid about it and try to keep this in our forefront. And I've taught it for years and my wife gives me the hardest time because something will come up at home and I will not use what I know. I will (laughs) fall back on things. So you can know it, but you really have to focus on it and you have to be diligent and powerful tool, but you have to keep reminding yourself of it. And I would think that would be what an amazing gift a teacher could give the students by practicing that. Right. That can make a difference in a child in a really big way. At least I would think it would. Yes. After I retired from public schools, I went to work for a community college and was helping them with adult education. And I was helping them adult students start their GED program. And it was kind of a how-to course, how to study, how to do life, how to approach people, how to present yourself. And I used this approach. It it was amazing how many of those folks who had been unsuccessful in the public school, public education, some of them were 25, 30, 40, even a 76-year-old woman who I had. And I think the most important thing we can teach is not the content. We have Google. We have all these resources. Now, what we need to teach people is to believe in yourself, to understand your brain, to understand the consequences of thinking positively and focusing on your goals versus this wallowing in pity that continues to drag us down when we don't believe in ourselves. It was fascinating and so rewarding helping those folks go, oh, you mean I could, I'd have so many young 25, 30 year olds who had been unsuccessful and now they wanted to go back to school and become a nursing assistant or a nurse. And some of them were so sharp. And I'd say, that's great. That's a great start. But you don't have to stop here. You could be a, a PA. You could be a doctor. You could be a surgeon. Believe in yourself. Set your goals for what it is. And the other thing is, I think you know that when we're doing what we love and we're doing what we're supposed to do in life, things go a lot easier. 
get to know yourself. And once you know what it is, what your gifts are, what your talents are, then put your reticular activating system to work and go be it. I shared with some people who have been somewhat skeptics, like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. And I said, well, start with something small. You don't have to start with something big. Play. <laughs> I just started playing with small things. I'm going to see how quickly I can draw to me a great big red apple, but not anywhere where I would normally see an apple. And then I forgot about it. I was driving between the libraries and right there on this little side street was the biggest red apple I've ever seen. (laughs) And I started laughing. It took two weeks for it to come in. That worked. What else can I do? And then the more you try it and play with it with little things, the more it's going to happen. And then you can take it into real life situations because you know it's working. Absolutely. I laugh because the first time I took a a course uh, about this from some folks from the Pacific Institute, Lou Tice, who I first learned about this, he worked with major corporations and the Seattle sports teams and actually sports teams all across the globe. I'm teaching this concept because in athletic performance, this is particularly important. At the end of the first session, they sent us home and the instructor said, on your way home, I want you to, to watch and find a chicken. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I'm in Metro Phoenix. And so on the way home, I, I took a different way home because I was trying to beat a train and I saw a train and I was trying to get back to school because I had to coach after the, after the um, conference And so I got stuck on a little side street and I'm trying to beat a train and I'm going down the street and I see a little white picket fence and 10 or 12 chicken in this yard. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Beautiful thing. It's so fun. It's opening up what is important to you. And once you open it up, you're going to see the opportunities that will lead you to whatever it is you're trying to do. I had a friend that we teamed up and we'd alternate back and forth. And she would say, how fast can you manifest an old-fashioned bicycle with that great big front tire? Or I would say, how fast can you draw to you a bird flying so close to your head and to your ears that you can hear its wings moving as it goes by? After a while, these things would happen within a day or two. And again, that's when I started taking it into, okay, so what else can I really do? What am I here for? And how can I bring the things to me for the purpose that I'm here so I can put it into real life practice. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Did you see results when you've used that when you were a principal? You know, I used it from everything from working with teachers who were new and needed help and support and looking at them the same way I would hope that teachers would look at students and believing that they can learn, they can progress, they can do the things. But where I saw the biggest thing was those teachers who bought into it and said, it doesn't matter where that kid started. I can get them there. And because they believed that, they looked for and found those supports that that individual or those individual kids needed. So to me, that was the biggest thing. But in my personal life, my wife and I did a thing where we put on either side of the mirror, five things, what do we want in the next five years? And she would say better relationship with her dad. And I would say, I want a F-250 pickup truck. And she'd say, I want my teammates at school to, to collaborate more. And I'd say, I want 15 acres. And at the end of about a year and a half, we had to start over because our lists were done. 
<laughs> so in my own personal life, I've used it. Absolutely. Meaning that in a year and a half, the things that you put on your list came into fruition. They had. Absolutely. Wow, that's a pretty quick turnaround, that's like for fantastic. big life things. Yeah. Yes. And then have you been able to do the same thing with your music too, right? Yeah, I have. And I, you know, of course, I didn't get a chance to play guitar for Eddie Van Halen or write with him. That didn't come to fruition. I had set that as a goal, but my realistic goals are coming true. And I'm I'm working, writing with different people. Uh, my songs are used and featured at the Unity Church here in Flagstaff. When they need a original song, they call me. Or if they have a message they're trying to develop, they'll work with me and we'll write the song, which then leads into the message. And so, yeah, I feel like I have absolutely manifested what I wanted musically. That is just so fun. It's such a playful thing, too. It doesn't feel like work. <laughs> the good things in life don't usually feel like work. <laughs> well, when we're fighting against it, it's like, uh, just turn around and change your direction. It'll be a lot easier to move. <laughs> right. And remember that, folks, if you're working in a job you don't like, Try to find something you love because then it's not work. You're playing every day. Right. That's right. Matt, thank you so much for being here and talking to us about the Raz. And for those of you who are interested in hearing Matt's music, I have another podcast that will be coming out. By the time you're listening to this, it probably will be out already called Musicians Roundhouse Cafe. And he's going to be one of the featured artists on one of the podcasts coming up soon. So thank you again, Matt. Thank you, Cottonwood. Thank you so much for being here today. If you'd like to listen to some of Matt's music, you can find him on YouTube. I have a link in the show notes for you. Are you or someone you know turning passions and dreams into reality? Contact me so that we can get you or them on the show. Contact information can be found in the show notes. Share this with your friends that Quantum Corner can be found on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcast, and invite them to stop by for a listen. I hope that you will come back as well. Until next time, savor the joy of each moment. <laughs>